This program is for educational purposes. It fits within YouTube's guidelines under the context of science. Knowing is half the battle. What's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are going to answer a bunch of your listener questions. We start out talking about the optimal cruise dose between your cycles. Then we talk about equipoise not showing up in your lab work, trend or MPP with your D-ball, staying healthy while in bodybuilding, like what's the best type of cardio to do for your heart? Uh, what are the lab work markers that you want to get checked? Melanotin 2 nasal spray, uh, using Winstrel injectable, but taking it orally and a bunch more. Guys, listen, if you enjoy our content, then do me a favor, hit the like button leave us a comment you guys are killing it with the comments i much appreciate you feel free to comment with questions for the next show and listen if you have not subscribed to our programming then i highly encourage you to because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week tons of education to help you be better at this sport that we love all right guys let's get to it Welcome back to our professional program. We'll now answer some questions about steroids. Uh, we had one that was about um, EQ, so we'll get to that. We also had oh, one, let's see, we had a cycle. Uh, okay, here's where I wanted to go. Uh, this is something home? I think. What? You want to go home? No, here's where I want to, to go. Pool? Yeah, I want to go yeah, to this to one. Thoughts on optimal cruise dosages for competitive bodybuilders to maintain as much muscle and strength as possible. So we're talking performance here. This is always a very unpopular topic. Okay. Um, So what you will generally get is, is people with the argument of, well, I can't run a therapeutic dose that stay within range because I'm going to lose size. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the other. Uh, and the reality of that is that if your growth on cycle has been down to the mechanics of growth, i.e. your training and your diet and the drugs have just sped the process up, then you're going to hold that size for quite a decent period of time. Yes, you're going to see a little bit of initial glycogen and water drop off. That's inevitable, but it's not going to be a huge amount. Uh, and a lot of people, if their training is on point and their diet's on point, will actually see strength increases post-cycle as levels start to drop. Um, the thing is, and I've plenty of blood worked about this up, when people go from a cycle straight into a cruise, they tend to um, elongate the elevation of their test. Uh, and a, a prime example, I had a set of bloods come in today. Guy's been on cruise six weeks. And his test level is still over 100 and more. Okay. Which is 2,500 NGD. Holy shit. So... You know, people go, oh, well, I need to drop into a cruise. When in fact, you could go quite a long time on a proper therapeutic dose before you're going to start to see a negative impact on your mass and your strength. Yeah. Um, most people are only taking six, eight, ten, maybe 12 weeks between cycles on a cruise period anyway. Yeah, that's not um, And if you're talking about that, then you you know you don't need to elevate your cruise dose your cruise dose 120 125 mega a week is going to be more than enough to maintain your systems 
and low enough to get rid of some of the information that you've carried through from the cycle. When you go on cruises of 250 and 300 and whatever else they're called, the sports TRT, athletic TRTs, all these other bullshit names that they've come up with, um, it, it's you're going to keep your levels elevated for much longer periods of time. And, and it actually then, when you go back to cycle, you've never really had a decent period of time where your inflammation levels have been low, where your hormone levels have been low enough to allow red blood cell concentrations to drop or allow you know HDL to have some form of recovery. And so you're always going to be fighting about the compounding of these problems. I'd agree so, completely. I think that... Most know, people... Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that if you use the mindset of what's the least amount that I can use during a cruise period to look at this, you know, I, I think what we need to do is we need to look at the cruise period or let's say the post-contest period that's where we're rebuild, rebuilding our health. You know, I've recently had a conversation about this with a client, uh, and it's something that Victoria and I discuss a lot, that you have performance over here and you have health over here. The more you focus on one of them, the less you can focus on the other. So you, you, you push hard into a contest or you're pushing hard on, on, your, on your cycle, and uh, then the next step is to try to balance that out and come back to health. So if you keep that mindset and you say, hey, what's the least amount that I can run and you know still be able to maintain everything that I'm doing and not lose any true muscle, I think that you're going to be in a much better place than what's the most I can get away with, you know? I think most people can run genuine in-range doses if oh, they're looking at sort of anywhere between sort of six to 16-week bridges. Um, I would have thought 16 each week, and then you're probably going to start to see some changes. But for most people, you can easily survive that period of time. And it's good that you do, um, not only from the reduction of stress factors and stuff like that, but you will be starting from a much more compounded base Yeah, when you start your next cycle. Because that is now established natural size and strength. Absolutely. You know, there's not a lot of chemicals behind it. So now when you start your new cycle, the chemicals are really going to have an impact on moving you further forward. I agree. Um, but obviously, people develop cruxes with gear. They start to associate their personality, their self-worth with the mm. way they look, with their physiques. They start to associate their physiques with their drug use, and it can be a very difficult mental fight to step away or step down in dosage because you become so fixated that if I do this, I'm going to lose size. Yeah. Have more confidence in your training. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and I think that, that you're, you're on to something right there, that that's the key. If the drugs are your main go-to, then you're going to have an issue because you're going to always need to have them in the picture. Mm -hmm. If you can figure out how to make training the foundation and then your nutrition to support that training, then the gear is something that you can take out and still maintain and sustain. I think, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of problems with that in the newer guys that don't build the foundation first because they never understood what it really took to build the muscle and hey listen if you're going to jump on gear early probably you know it's been a little bit too soon to have actually started maybe you should have put another year in the gym first uh at least go in knowing that and and 
you know, try to try to still improve. For some of these guys, it's going to be too late. They're three years in. They just they're three years into bodybuilding, three years into gear, you know. But what do we do from there? We just try to still be our best with training, and and you know try to continue improving. It doesn't have to stay that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the the biggest underinvested thing I see in our sport today is training. Yeah, uh, it's just the one thing that people, and I'm not saying that people don't train hard and this that and the other, but people just don't invest the time in learning. Um, how to get the most out of that exercise that they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been there myself. You know, it's very easy to go, I'm not progressing, let's up the dose. Yeah. But that thought process can't go on exponentially because you, eventually you get to a point where the dose is just ridiculous. Absolutely. And starts to become very counterproductive. Um, and the higher you cruise, then the higher you'll blast, you know? Yeah. If you start cruising at 400, then going to 500 for a cycle isn't going to really be a thing, you know? Well, it's just it's just a cruise, isn't it? I started a new cruise, or a new TRT program. It's called uh, uh, TDRT. TDRT. Have you heard of that? It's new. It's where you take 600 tests, 400 DECA every week. Enjoying your cycle. It's TDRT technically. Mm, okay. Whatever. It's medically approved, Dave. Is it by who? Dr. Frankenstein? By sound minds in the medical field, including myself. Name, name one. It's approved by a top coach. Who? I don't want to say his name. Okay, well, then you'll have to tell me afterwards. Are you telling me that a coach is actually saying to people, cruise on a gram? I'm, that's, that's what I'm doing right now, okay? I was using a regular TRT dose, and then I decided to do TDRT. Oh, God. It's... Can we go back oh, yeah. to the opening conversation about Scott losing the plot and running around and killing people with his mass collection of drunk guns? That was before the show, Dave. Oh. Hey, you know who's with us? Who? Derek Oslin, 212 IFBB Pro, Olympian IFBB Pro. We actually have a bunch of people with us. What's up, everybody? We are not worthy. We are not worthy. You know we who he's worthy. a fan of? He's a fan of Christmas cabbage. He is. He likes Christmas cabbage. Yeah. Christmas cabbage is cool. That's what people tell me, I guess. I, I don't see it. I mean, no offense, Christmas cabbage. You're all right by me. I just, I don't know. You're just know, jealous. Dude. Hey, so, you know, remember we were talking about Tren showing up as estrogen. It's, yeah. On the previous episode. And one of the things you mentioned is, is that uh, EQ may not show up as mm -hmm. anything on blood work. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? We had a question here. Uh, can we get Dave to go in more in depth about EQ not showing up on bloods? I've never heard that. Up on bloods? You've never heard bloods before as a phrase? Bloods. No, I never heard. I, I never heard. Uh, oh, the, the, that's what the individual said. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, my. So, obviously, test shows as test in, in a blood test. 
Um, and to some degree, test derivatives will do very, very similar. Decker can show us test. Um, not always. There are a few I've seen where it hasn't, but it, it's quite common for Decker to show us test. Yeah. Whereas EQ doesn't. I don't know exactly why. I'm sorry. I can't be of more enlightenment on that one. I just know that it doesn't. And I, I remember the old school guys years ago uh, saying that if you were on TRT and you were being monitored by the doctor, that tech EQ, uh, because it won't show up in your blood tests, and so they won't realize you're on gear. Um, So it will will be due due to the metabolites and and what the tests actually look for. But, uh, yes, I, uh, I can't tell you exactly why we need someone cleverer than me like Dr. Scott. I will tell you this. Um, I had been running EQ along with uh, Test No Ester, and this is uh, 15 years ago, and I hadn't taken any test for about five days, and I was still the EQ was still in my system, and my doctor was like, "Why don't we check your testosterone levels?" And they came back off the chart. So I don't know what the deal well, was with that. Well, I know that I. My understanding is the way we test over here, it doesn't show. I'm not, I don't know if it's the same in the States because they use different testing services. But you said you were five days off a shot, five days off stopping test. Yeah, test no ester. So, you know, basically instant in, instant out. Yeah, so, it should, yeah, it shouldn't have been showing that. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if anybody else has but any what, experience what, if they would. What's your, what's your EQ, EQ? Yeah, I mean, that's always a question, right? Well, we never know with this shit, do we, really? I mean, it's always best guess. But that's my understanding that EQ doesn't show, definitely in the UK anyway. Corey says, what's the benefits that I'm seeking getting from TDRT? Uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to, like, I don't know, hash, that'll be my new hashtag, Dave, TDRT. Uh, So here's the deal, man. I, I felt my best since I had gotten sick. I felt my best before I went to Canada. I was running a little bit of trend in the background. Remember that? I was taking 50 trend twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I literally, at that point, I was feeling my best. And um, I stopped doing that I went, when I went to Canada because I didn't want to take trend with me across the, the international border. Uh, and I, you know, I came back and I thought, well, why don't I try something else? And I'm going to bump the test up too. So it's just a little experiment because I found that what's been happening is I'll get into a groove and I'll have a couple good weeks and then um, I end up pushing too hard and then I end up getting like really foggy feeling and and basically I have like a, a bad week and it's hard to and like my appetite goes away completely. Inflammation is really high, I think. So I, I figured I'm just going to try this just to see what happens because it's been repetitive. A couple good weeks then a bad week or two, a couple of good weeks and a bad week or two. And so it's been up and down since I've been recovering. I'm wondering, Hey, maybe if I just boost these androgens up a little bit, throw some DECA in here a little bit, you know, we'll see what happens on those down periods. So I can't comment on it. Yeah. It's I'm two, two shots in one weekend so far. You don't like this idea at all. Do you Dave? I'm going I don't. I don't have an issue with what anyone does. 
I really don't. I have an issue with people not being honest about what they're doing or try to justify it in, in <laughs> stupid No, but I mean in stupid ways, you know what I mean? I mean the the age old the age old comment that comes out of most users, well, I don't smoke and I don't drink, so it could oh. be a lot worse. That's got fuck all to do with anything. That's true. Yeah. You know, if you want to take five gram of gear, that's your choice. Crack on. Yeah. But just accept that that's not the healthiest approach. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I don't have an issue with someone running a cruise dose of 500 mig. I have an issue with them trying to legitimize that that is a genuine cruise dose. It is fucking not. I agree with you. If you want to run 500, that's your fucking choice. Crack on. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But don't sit there trying to convince other people that you need it because of X, Y, Z. No, you need it because you're either drug reliant or you've not mastered the art of training and diet. But, you know, you don't. It's when people try and. um, try and justify these things with bullshit. That's where, where I get pissed off. But, you know, if, if someone said, you know what, I'm running 500 mega tests a week because I want to, fine. Yeah. Got no argument with that. Yeah. Crack on. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's fair enough. All right. Let's see what else we got here. This is from Samuel. He says, David Stanley Crossland. I like how everybody knows your middle name now. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it makes him sound much more distinguished. David I am Stanley Crossland. <laughs> yeah, just got back on cycle, low dose, and really going to push training in clean eating with 150 milligrams to 300 milligrams of test, 150 to 300 deca, 150 to 300 EQ, 100 to 200 primo for 20 weeks, creeping up uh, doses every four to six weeks um, with a sprinkle of Winstrel and anadrol at 50 milligrams on certain training days just sprinkle that in i know a lot of compounds and it's a lot of compounds and seemingly low dose just wondering if there would be any benefit of running them this low altogether than using less compounds and doubling the doses i used to all of these compounds before at higher doses and much enjoyed the growth benefits with little to no sides at low dose um, at the detriment of a little bit of gains. I also noticed uh, gains are proportionately lower with high doses with diminishing returns. Uh, Vigorous Steve made gains on 150 tests and 100 primo. So I know it's possible. First of all, I want to say this. People were giving Steve a bunch of shit, okay? I mean, Steve is a decent bodybuilder. He's built a lot of muscle over the years. And then he came off everything and basically felt like crap for a while. And when he went back on gear after a sustained period off, he just went to 150 test and 100 primo. And he was like, man, I feel good now. And he started training harder and, you know, get the hormones rolling again. And people thought for sure that he had to be lying, that he was actually on a gram or something like that. But... That's a side story. What do you think about this? All these low doses combined. I get the theory behind it. Uh, The idea is that you spread the stresses out over more areas because obviously each compound has its own unique impacts. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure it has any particular benefits 
um, over. I mean, I could I could see the argument for low test, just estrogen management and overall stress factors from there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I suppose the only problem is when you're doing things like that is that if something starts to go a bit weird, you're, you're struggling to work out what is it that's causing it because uh, you've got so many different ingredients in, in the mix. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, total value spread over four different compounds could have a lesser impact on health markers. I, I generally don't know because I've never looked at it comparatively. Yeah. Um, I don't like making things over complex, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that that's not a viable approach. I don't think there's any particular advantage to it, but then I don't think there's any particular disadvantage either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I told you guys my story of having run test in DECA early on, getting really shut down from it, then deciding, hey, why don't I just run, instead of 500 tests, 400 DECA, why don't I just run 1,000 tests? It's about the same amount of hormone. But then I ended up, you know, I got a lot more sides because the test had you know, the possibility of creating more size, especially at that high dose. So I, I can see what you're saying, you know. He, he, yeah, I mean, there's, there's of, a greater anabolic value from DECA uh, over test, without doubt, and it's less of an androgen value. So there's some there's some side effect advantages there. Uh, the only thing I'd be concerned about is the 100 mg orals and how long he's going to be running that for. Yeah, now that in itself, I'd say that's the strongest piece of the, of the plan mm. here, you know. 100, 200... E, yeah, primo uh 150 eq those are those are like in itself i would say 150 milligrams of eq would be nearly ineffective in itself like mm -hmm. the changes you would see in a 12-week period a guy who's on trt adds in 150 pre, uh, um we'll say 100 EQ. primo or 150 eq i don't think he's gonna see any difference in his physique but, you know, and at the same time, he's probably not going to see much difference in his lab work either. Uh, now, on the other hand, though, throw in 100 milligrams of orals, and now we're talking a for real dose, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's talking about gradually stepping up. So at the end of the cycle, it'd be on 300, 300, 300, 200. Okay. So he's going to be 1.1 grams total injectable for the last period of his cycle. But yeah. my, my only... My only concern would be the 100 milligram of oral, particularly if it's going to be a long-term thing. Yeah. So I don't know if he's planning that oral dose throughout the whole cycle, but on training days only, or if he's planning to bring that in at a later point. Uh, that would be my only concern area. The only other real concern with that dose is the potential of low estrogen. Oh, yeah. I mean, Eastern from deck is not really worth counting because it's nigh on virtually fucking useless. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's got the, the 300 test. Yeah, but he's also putting Winstrel in there, which is going to lower progesterone. He's got Primo in there, which will be mildly anti-estrogenic, but it will be only very mild. I, I appreciate that. Hmm. Um, so it just depends if he's planning to pair anything else with that. If he's not, then it shouldn't be an issue, but... He's only at 300 tests at the back end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear how things go for him. I, I am a fan of of I am a fan of somewhat of this approach. 
I, I'm not a fan of the starting low and building thing. I, I would rather just start with the doses I'm going to use and then maybe add a compound. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I would say uh, if he's going to run 300 So tests, what you're saying is start, start with 300 tests, 300 decker, and then at week six, they add in 200 to pre-run. I could see, I could see like this starting in long acting compounds like test and EQ, and then possibly later adding in something like NPP and <coughs> maybe trading that out for an oral, you know, having those longer acting compounds that are kind of running in the background, the whole thing, and then kind of change to the shorter acting stuff on top. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably do something more like that than, than ramp this way. Just a thought. I, I, yeah, I mean, I like ramping cycles. I must admit, uh, I, I have a, I do quite enjoy ramping cycles. Um, but uh, I don't think there's anything clever about running the four compounds, as in it's going to give any extra dimension to the cycle. But at the same time, it does keep the problematic, which is in that case where that cycle is predominantly test um, compounds at an easily manageable dose. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK, you'll get some savings, you'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. I'll grab one here from the live feed. Let's see. Uh, which one would you pair with D-Ball, Trend or NPP? Orals on training days only, by the way. So is this, that's it, D-Ball and Eva Tren or MPP? Is he not running test, I wonder? I'm guessing not. You'll get away with D-Ball and MPP. I wouldn't run D-Ball and Tren. Yeah? Yeah, you'll, you'll get away with D-Ball and MPP to a point. I would uh, but I wouldn't test and then sprinkle that, that D-Ball in on training days. That'd be my thought. This is cooking with Scott McNally. Today yeah. we are baking a trend cake. We're going to put a little pinch of trend in every muffin. Just to give it that bite towards the end. Yeah. Anabolic burritos. We talked about those before. <laughs> yeah. Um, anabolic fairy cakes now. Yeah. No, I, if if you if if the choice is out of that, if I if someone said to me mecha cycle with that, it would be D ball and MPP. D ball and MPP, dude. Yeah. Oh man, mm. I'm not saying it's ideal, but that I wouldn't do D ball and Trent. Why are you not running test? 
That's what I want to ask him. Well, He's watching right maybe now. Maybe do a light test. Well, Trend and MPP are not going to do what test does for you. Uh, no. You know, as far as health goes, as far as feeling good, as far as, you know, being able to get an erection, all that stuff. I think that you're going to feel like crap by the time your test levels shut down. And I feel like either of those nandrolones, in my opinion, there are guys out there that run DECA only cycles and they love them. And they're like, hey, I feel great. And my libido's high. In my experience, that's in, in the experience of a lot of people I've known. Like, I, there's nobody I know closely that's ever said that DECA only was a good move. The They're everyone I know that it's, everyone I know that has experienced it said it was a good move till about week six. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> and then and then things rapidly went to shit. Um, talking about getting an erection, I just need a picture of me. You what? Well, you were on about being able to get an erection. Just have a picture of me. Instant boner. <laughs> hey, there might be guys that were into that. In fact, well, there might be hey, some of those guys I, watching now. If you find Dave incredibly can't, attractive. Can't you be heterosexual and still find a male attractive? I don't know if I would like look at a picture of another male that was attractive in order to get a boner, though. That would not. Yeah, but I just transcend sexuality. So this is the thing, you see. Thanks, guys, for watching. We appreciate having you here. <laughs> Hit the like button. Subscribe no. for more of this. <laughs> Please. Kind of talk. Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, um, we got a question here from Ethan. Uh, I don't know how much we want to go into it. And, and he mentions uh, all the heart issues that are going on. And I, we did want to say, you know, take a moment to say rest in peace to Mr. Olympia, IFBB Pro, Sean Roden. Uh, he was a fucking, he was a great bodybuilder, you know? And uh, he was somebody that I thought looked freaking awesome before the rest of the world knew he was as awesome as he was. So I felt like that special connection as a fan, you know what I mean? Like having seen like the potential before it was there. So that was cool, man. But Ethan says, um, We've got a great question for you guys with all the heart health issues that are coming to light right now in the fitness industry. What are there some of the things we could be doing proactively to mitigate these risks? Love the show and thanks guys. So heart health. One of the biggest things, um, there are probably I would say three major factors, maybe four here. So cholesterol management. Um, and, you know, in the same term about Sean, also Cali Muscle is currently laid up in hospital due to a heart attack. And I believe that it's been quite public that Cali had a piece of plaque break off and block, called your blockage. That is down to cholesterol management. That's down to LDL and HDL management. So cholesterol management, elevated HDL is always going to be a fight if you're a user. It is something that I see in 98% of blood tests we do, HDL will be subpar. It's something you, you, something you need to constantly fight to try and elevate. Citrus bergamot works very well, slow niacin, red krill oil, 
general oily fish within the diet, things like that, and also one gram vitamin C, five gram glycine twice a day is also particularly effective at raising HDL. But it's something, when this is going back to the cruise thing, when you cruise at therapeutic doses, it gives you chance to address the adulteration of things like cholesterol. When you're cruising at three and 400 mg, it makes that task incredibly difficult because the drugs are still going to be forcing HDL down. Yeah, and it's, and it's um, difficult too to lower your hematocrit. If you if you were blasting hard on cycle, hematocrit grows, goes high. Then when you bring that cruise down, and like we talked about, we're trying to go to a health phase now and manage health, mm. get that better. Uh, you're not going to be able to do so. Like keeping that at 400, 400 in itself would be enough to raise your hematocrit, let alone trying to get it back under control. So... So with, with poor HDL, we don't have the efficiency of clearing excess cholesterol out of the arteries. We have excess cholesterol because we're no longer using cholesterol to, to formulate hormones because we're injecting hormones. So we need to make sure that cleaning mechanism, think of HDL as a road sweeper. Yeah. We need to keep, make sure that that is well-staffed, well-maintained, and well-managed in order to maintain our arterial health. Yeah. Plaque builds up over time. This causes narrowing of the arteries. So you have two risk elements here. One, you have a narrowing of the artery, increasing blood pressure, uh, and the potential of plaque also breaking off and then causing a blockage, which is what happened in Callie's case. Um, add to that then thick blood because of elevated hemoglobin, ele elevated hemoglobin, sorry. Then you've got a double problem because now you've got a thick fluid trying to pass through a small tube an unnaturally small tube. So again, we then start creating BP issues. We start creating strain on the heart. Yeah. Thick blood will cause the heart to work harder. As a result, the heart is a muscle. The myocardium will thicken. As the myocardium thicken, the heart struggles to maintain regular beat. So what we then end up is um, arterial fibrillation, irregular heartbeats. Uh, these can become quite severe. They can also develop into heart failure, which is where the, the, the range of the heart's movement is not great enough. And as a result, it can't eject enough force to pump the, the blood around the body correctly. When you start to then exercise, you will find you run out of oxygen because your heart just cannot beat fast enough and flex well enough to push the fluid around your body at a, a, a a reasonable rate to support your activity. Yeah. The other, so you've got thick blood, the effects of that. You've got cholesterol, the effects of that. Um, one of the other areas is not so much the effects of what things can do. Oh, was, oh sorry, elevated blood pressure as well. Um, but one of the other areas is not so much the impacts, it's what you can do to help with the impact. So you can help by managing cholesterol, you can help by managing blood viscosity, keeping your BP under control, but you can also help by doing cardio. And now this is where we get a big problem. Because when you say cardio to a bodybuilder, he thinks cardio is walking on a treadmill watching this amazing podcast. I do cardio every day, Dave. I watch the show, I text my friends, I eat cake. But we do. I mean, well, as bodybuilders, we, we, we tend to approach cardio as a walk. You know, oh, well, I, do you do cardio? Yes, I walk the dog every morning. That is going to do squadly fucking dit for your heart health. Yeah. It will burn calories, but it's not going to do fuck all for your heart health. In order to improve heart health, you need conditioning work. 
that's hard cardio. One of the reasons why when you look at strong men, you see in general much healthier individuals and yet they shouldn't be because they carry much more excessive body mass. They have much higher fatty fat levels. Their diets are generally, generally, I don't say everybody, not as tight, but they do shitloads of conditioning work because their sport involves conditioning work. It involves running with weights. It involves lifting things and moving and moving things repetitively and moving them quickly. Um, and so when it comes to health, heart health in cardio, it needs to be hard. It needs to be conditioning work. It needs to get the heart moving. And that's one thing as bodybuilders we tend not to do. We automatically assume that that's going to be negative for growth. We automatically assume that that's going to hinder our progress when, in fact, in most cases, it will help because you'll get fitter, you'll be able to train harder, therefore you'll be able to stimulate better muscle growth and your heart will be fitter as well. And so the single thing you can do in order to take care of your heart would be conditioning work. Proper, hard cardio. I like that. Uh, would you say his name, Mikhail, then? Is that how would you would say it? He says, uh, uh, niacin yeah. has a, an acute effect, but once you stop taking it, uh, you know, it's it doesn't work anymore. So I... I yeah, but that's heard... why we were looking at slow niacin. So it's an ongoing well, supplementation in the background for HDL management. Here's what I've heard, though. I would still recommend taking it. But I've heard that it has not been proven to change mortality rates. So you can, it, even though it does raise it, it doesn't change. Like, I guess they're, they have no, they don't know for sure that by kind of like artificially raising the number with niacin, that it actually changes anything about your health. It, it may possibly be just like, you know, like, <clears throat> when you drink three gallons of water before you do your test and you're like, yeah, my hematocrit's fine. You know, it's fine. It may be we, something like that, but it, I'd stay, you know what? I'd still say, you know, do it. And I'd still, especially if you're, if you're put it this way, if you don't do it, then there's no chance that it could benefit you. So nice. is cheap. You know, my go-tos would be citrus, red krill, like, um, lysine and vit C. Um, yeah. Dr. Dan talked to me about that, about the lysine and vitamin C. He went in depth. We did a segment one time about heart health, and he he explained how beneficial that is. You know what I did one time? Um, what is it? Carterine, which is obviously terrible for you, potentially. Uh, it, it will increase your HDL. HDL. Hmm. I gained like 10 points in hmm. about five weeks, and my liver values also went up too. So that was not something yeah. you could maintain long term uh ethan's asking what my definition of hard is i would say 140 yeah okay 150s. well i was going to go to this one Corey wright says uh what does dave recommend per week for heart health to help that i would personally look at two to three 25 to 30 minute cardio sessions but like hard cardio sessions so Things like I, I like I like to get clients to do actually a lot of uh, body movement stuff. I like sleds. Yes, yeah, sleds. I like sleds. Um, push ball as well on the sled. Um, yeah. But I also like doing stuff like uh, 
squat thrusts into star jumps. What's a squat you know? thrust? So you go into a press-up position. Yeah. And then you drive your knees up underneath you. So you pull your knees up underneath you so you're in a squat ball and then you jump up into a obviously a star jump and then you go back down and then you jump you slide your feet back into the the, the, the press up position. Okay, I like that. So that is no weight but it's incredibly taxing. Yeah. Uh it improves your explosive control as well and that that will easily put your heart rate 140 150. Um uh, and it, it, you can do it sat at home. You know, you don't need a gym for that. Um, staff stuff like sniper crawls, but fast. How about you I know, like wind sprints? Yeah, hill sprints, wind sprints, stair sprints. All of that sort of stuff can help. Um, I mean, I was talking to a client yesterday, and he's like, I don't have access to a sled. Well, then don't use a sled. Just do everything else. But it's, you know, the... It, it's it's cardio with loading, or it, it's cardio that 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 you're gonna be. I mean, even bag work, boxing, if it's done properly, will 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 do what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to be effort. That that's got to get your heart working if you want your heart health to improve. Yeah. Oh, here's something. I where's that question? Or was that at? Uh, Matt says, uh, as a heterosexual male. I find Ryan Reynolds and Johnny Depp very attractive. Dave is a genius, but not a pretty man. Oh, jeez. Oh, Matt. And I thought I Dave liked you up until now too. That hurt. That hmm. hurt deep. Yeah. Yeah. He changed his profile picture too. That's only pussy he's going to be getting. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. Family program here, Dave. Family Shots fired. <laughs> there was no, what, after last week? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do we have here? Um, we did this one. Okay, how about this one? Um, it says, uh, hey, guys, glad you're back. We took a week off, Dave, so we missed that week. And I had several people message me and comment on the show where they were like, did you guys stop recording drugs and stuff? Is that show over now? Because I really liked it. So uh, we were missed, which was nice. He says, uh, uh, glad you're back. Question just saw a site selling nasal spray, uh, melanotin 2. What's your thoughts? Any experiences? I haven't, but I, I know a few people that have used it and, and, and claimed it to be very, very successful. Um, I I experienced on holiday that I can no longer use MT2. <laughs> what happened? It's not very kind to your kidneys, apparently, when you've oh. already got knackered kidneys. After pissing blood, after pissing blood for three days, I decided it was a bad idea. Oh, shit. No kidding. Oh, fuck it, I was rough. That was fucking oh. rough. How uh, did you dose it? Couldn't work out what it was at first. And then I... Oh, just the normal dosing. I didn't take a lot. Uh, but I couldn't work out what it was at first. I'm like, Jesus, I feel like shit. Yeah. And then I went to the toilet. like, ooh, hang on a minute. That's not supposed to be that fucking color. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did some digging and found some contra that uh, MT is not particularly good for your kidneys. If you already have compromised function, yeah, that it, 
cut deep, Matt. I thought we were tight. Matt said, uh, my wife says otherwise. I don't think I can get over this. But he also says that he still loves you. Are you getting a delay by chance? Me? Yeah. Are you getting a delay? Not particularly. Why? Okay. You seem delayed. It might Pardon? just be you. That's just my brain. It's just my brain. Yeah, it's me. My brain's not ooh, working. Ooh. 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 What's that? Ooh. I had to put Dave on mute. He's, we're getting a really weird feedback from Dave's microphone. I, I, I'll take him back off mute here and see what happens. Okay, we're better. Ooh. Hello? Oh, Dave. So, something's weird here. Would you please hang up on me right. and call back? So, with pleasure. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Dave just hung up on me and he said, with pleasure. What the fuck? What the actual fuck, Dave? I'll call right back in a minute. <laughs> that was terrible. Sorry for your ears, guys. All right. We'll add Dave to the right. There he is. Okay, I don't hear it anymore. I think Christmas Cabbage did something with the wires. Maybe he farted. Oh, we get a weird delay right now. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I've okay. got no problems at my end whatsoever. Okay. We're getting a weird, a weird, weird thing happening. Um, yeah, melanotin too. I've seen a lot of peptides that are uh, nasal sprays. C-Max is a nasal spray, too. And C-Link. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've given up with C-Link. That's what you were saying. You can send it to me. Send me all your C-Link. I'll take it. I've only got a couple of vials left. I've not got much. Uh, all right. So we have a, <laughs> we have a question uh, from YouTube. Uh, this question is sent to us by Lucifer, the Fallen One. So Lucifer would like to ask, uh, hey, guys, Yorkshire lad here. Oh, okay. So Lucifer lives in Yorkshire. No, he doesn't, Scott. He doesn't. That's what he said. He, he lives did. in Yorkshire. Same thing. Same place. No, it's not. It's you just choose to pronounce it differently, and I'm gonna, I'm letting it go. Okay? I'm letting it go. No, we pronounce it correctly. Everybody else in the world, everybody else in the whole world, especially in the U.S., we're, we're well. Hang on a minute. Well, at the, at the risk of offending our large percentage of American viewers. Be careful here, Dave. American, Be very careful. American pronunciation is not really renowned for being correct, is it? But just because it isn't correct, doesn't mean it isn't right. That's your take-home message, guys. That's your take-home message. Oh, I Do you like that? I sounded convincing the way I said that. Uh, he says, uh, got a question for the next one. Uh, he says, uh, next one, could we get some info on how to keep organs healthy while on gear? Oh, he's it's kind of similar to what we were talking about. Uh, is there, is it, see, with all the heart issues, seeing things make me nervous. So basically he's asking pretty much what Ethan said. But he says, uh, also, 
uh, any telltale signs that your organs or blood markers may not be in a good place? I think as users, we are a little bit too flippant when it comes to assessing bloods as passing certain results off as being typical for you because you're on steroids. And though there are certain things that are, I would still suggest that when you start seeing CK readings in excess of 2,000, particularly if you've trained longer than 24 hours before the test, that you start to consider that the information body levels within your body may be a little bit on the high side. Um, another one is very commonly is urea and creatinine. And unfortunately, yes, creatinine is incredibly sensitive to hydration. It's incredibly sensitive to training. It's sensitive to muscle mass in general and to protein intake. But if you're getting EGFRs that are below 60 because of elevated creatinine, I would still do a secondary test just to double check. You know, two days. You know, livers are great. Livers will regrow. Livers are incredibly. Yeah, we have a delay. We do. Sorry? Uh, we have a delay. I yeah. was just going to jump in, though. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think the delay kind of threw us. But I just was going to no, add. No, it's fine. I was going to add that. Uh, a lot of it is the trend, not the trend, but the trend that, you know, if your liver, for instance, or your, your kidney readings are, you know, a little bit off EGFR is a little bit off that if it stays in a stable place over the next, you know, every time you do labs for the next three years, uh, that's going to be a sign that things are, even if, even if, let me put it this way, if you have something that, that is out of whack in is often out of whack because we are bodybuilders, um, you should still see stability in it. If it continues to trend in a bad direction, going up or going down when we don't want it to, that's also a sign right there. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would, I, the thing is for what it takes to to do a secondary test with us, and this is the important bit as well, with a secondary source. Oh. Don't go back to the same tester. Use a different tester, ideally a doctor or a hospital, um, and that's just because of how the samples are handled. You'll get a much more exacting, or you could go for a more complex test like Cystatin C if you really wanted to, but the point is, don't just discount abhorrent results as being that's what bodybuilders do. Be confident that you're not discounting stuff when there is a particular problem. I mean, I've seen, I remember, I think I've even talked about this before this particular incident. There was a guy, big guy, big, big guy. So we're talking. You? No, oh, 260, pound bodybuilder in not bad condition. No, not me. And his CK was, I think, 5,000. Okay. Uh, and he'd questioned this on a forum, and people go, "No, it's, it's normal because you're a body, but it's normal because body's like it's not. It, it, it isn't that you are heavily inflamed at that level." Anyway, turns out his test was in single digits, and as a result, his, he was catabolic. So his mm. CK was so elevated because he was just catabolic and eating up muscle tissue. So don't be too quick to discount. There are certain things that, yes, they're going to be out. Yes, they're going to be notoriously reliable. But there are ways to recheck these things, removing some of those influences. So 
just be sensible. Uh, as we've already discussed, HDL blood thickness are two very important factors that do need to be managed correctly. All right. We've got a couple more here. Uh, Robert Taylor says, um, hey, guys, great show. Have a question. I've been ill. Sinus infection for the last three weeks, and I've lost 28 pounds. No hunger. How is the best way to get weight back quickly? And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, uh, have you seen a doctor for this? And he said, yes, it's been it's been uh, diagnosed as a sinus infection and that I can't eat. I was like, well, you fix the infection. Right. That's the first thing. Well, if, if the infection is dealt with, then it'll come back. So if the if the weight loss is 28. Yeah. If it's 28 pounds from what was a stable weight for you, i.e. you're not halfway through a cycle. You know, and this is a stable weight for you, then that will come back quite rapidly as soon as you start eating and being active again. Exactly. Um, if it's if it's cycle weight, then some of that will be water, some of that will be glycogen, and though it will come back, it's not going to come back probably as quick or as easy as it would be if it was established body weight. Your body does not like it losing weight; it does not like gaining weight, and if if something causes that to happen, particularly in a rapid direction, it will do its best to get back to where it was before. Yeah. So you don't have to do a huge amount to help it. Just eating normally, training normally, you'll find that weight will come back relatively quick. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Good luck to him, too. I mean, a nasty infection. Yeah, it must have been a nasty infection, that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Troy says, um, have you ever heard... Uh, people taking injectable winstrel only. I read something online about it and wondered if you've heard of it and if there is a significant... Uh, Say that word. Say that word. Pronounce that, you fucker. Fid... Fidgemmerver. In absorption. Difference. Figmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmigmig
whatever the money comes out to on that versus you could buy a whole sack of tablets, a hundred doses for maybe, you know, a similar price. I don't know. I would say it's not the most cost cost effective way. Yeah. <laughs> he says, sorry about the spelling fighting a toddler right now and not winning. <laughs> we need video. <laughs> yes, that's funny. I think that's that's about all we got, Dave. We uh Oh, no, we actually did have more. No, that was it. Oh, wait, no we did. We have TDK, our guy from uh Europe. So, his wife is a women's physique competitor. And uh he had asked us some questions coming into the contest. I believe uh we'd given him advice on a few things like uh fat loss in the lower body trying to maintain body fat levels in the off season for a female stuff like that he says okay um let's see he says he's written this in a couple times before your opinion on women's trt what i've heard is been used like a woman has been on a long cycle of various gears and also on competition prep using like 25 to 50 milligrams of test per week when on a break from everything else. And the medical world has a place for women's TRT, I've learned. Yes, they do. Um, I have seen it. I wouldn't say that it would be my direct go-to. Yeah. Um, my, my experience is dosing is much more around seven milligrams a week. Pretty low, yeah. Mm, not 25 to 50. Also, laser makes a very important point, which I want to catch before we go. Okay. But, uh, yeah, TRT, I mean, it, it's not something that's available, particularly in the UK anyway, but I know it, it is It is available in the States. Um, and a large number of women do suffer from low androgens. They do suffer from low test. The easiest solution to this is DHEA. That tends to help for most women quite well. Uh, but in the States, they do consider testosterone replacement. Um, I think it still goes in line with HRT. Um, I'm not certain because it's not something I'm overly familiar with from a medical point of view, but I do believe it's run alongside HRT uh, stateside. Yeah, they do like, um, I've seen like transvaginal estrogen and testosterone. Um, I was just looking here, mm -hmm. I'm seeing uh, a, a, a dosing of, um, no, this is in men, never mind. But I know the dosing is really low. I, I know a couple of females over here that run TRT. Um, uh, alongside their HRT, uh, and they they found their optimal was between five and seven milligrams a week to replace testosterone. You remember, a women's range is like 0.3 or something to 1.4. I mean, it is ridiculously low. Yeah. Uh, what what method are they using? The women you know, like are they injecting? Oh, uh, that that in particular was uh, was a lass who was using. They were injecting. Yes. They were okay. Using. Injector. I've seen more creams because uh, you can get the dose even lower. You know what I mean? Like you can control it at a really low level with a cream. 
Um, so, yeah, just a thought there. Would you want to go to on Laser's points here? Mr. Laser, professional. So Laser was saying that heart health is is yes. uh, much more complicated than HDL versus LDL. Uh, and it is, you're correct, it is a lot more complex, but it's about putting the information across in a way that people can grasp and do something about. And I agree, C-reactive protein, CRP, is a great heart health marker. Um, as, as so is, is, is the calcium test as well, and adjusted calcium. But um, I, I wanted to put across simple ways that people could simply follow rather than making it overly complex. And the, though the HDL-LDL argument isn't quite right, uh, and there is good LDL and bad LDL, if you want to look at it that way, uh, but it's the simplest way for people to get to understand the importance of managing their cholesterol. I, but I do agree with him. He is completely and one hundred percent correct in what he's saying. I, that's British for all right. What? I, I. Hi, mate. What are you on about? Scott, are you taking drugs again? <laughs> our what connection is about? our connection is such shite today. It's dire. It's is, dire. It's it is shite. I blame you. Hey, one more quick question. Is Angry Cabbage you with you today? Uh Oh, always up there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll bring the show back together if we can bring Angry Cabbage back in the program. Hey, welcome back to the program, Angry Cabbage. Angry Cabbage, thank you for joining us. Or, excuse me, people have been calling him Trend Cabbage. Angry Cabbage, thanks for joining us. <laughs> all right guys we appreciate you bearing with us through um our uh, shite internet connection we have today <laughs> guys uh check out crosslands.org.uk you can reach out to dave over there uh you can follow find me mcnally diets at gmail.com i'd be happy to talk to you about coaching as well and uh yeah check out our great sponsors truenutrition.com and if you are in canada go to supplementsource.ca Dave, it's been a pleasure mm -hmm. as always. Chip, chip, cheerio, my friend. The pleasure has been yours. <laughs>